This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 27 of the Stacey West podcast. I am your host Ben and as ever, Gary's here. How are we doing? I'm doing very, very well mate. How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm alright. It's... Uh... It's one of those where I looked at the number, uh, you know, looked at the number of the podcast. So it's number twenty-seven, and uh, this actually marks the six-month period today uh, because we obviously had the week where we had two with the one from Alan Long as well. So yeah, we, we've officially hit six months old as a podcast. It's uh, wow. exciting times. Yeah, yeah, it's still still as professional as it ever was. Absolutely, yeah. You know, we're still trying out. Uh, features live on air and planning it five minutes before we go live but yeah uh, it's all good yeah um so we'll we'll talk about uh the northampton game first off obviously uh i mean it was it was one of those that really the only decision that the referee got right in the whole game sort of decided it in a way didn't it it was um it was a really frustrating afternoon yeah, I'm not going to talk about the referee because um, you know there was there was other aspects at play as well. I mean, let's not forget that we got to half time. Okay, we lost Harry, but only just before uh, but we got to half time where we had had one shot on goal, and aside from mm. their goal, they hadn't had any. Um, and I think the only shots on goal were the ones that went in. So, in actual fact, it was quite a tepid game all round. We I thought we controlled yeah. it. I thought had Harry not been sent off, we would have gone on and won it. Um, but mm. I don't think that we were our scintillating best by any stretch of the imagination. Due mainly, I mean, Northampton did exactly what we thought they would. They sat quite deep early doors. And I think mm. their game plan was was thrown a little bit by uh, by Harry getting sent off as well because they couldn't sit and try and hit us on the break. They got a goal um, six minutes into four minutes of injury time. Uh, and then in the second half, you just had two, two teams who were kind of... We we wanted to sit back and let them come at us and us hit them on the break because we had ten men. And they wanted to sit back and let us come at them because they're not very good. And you just got this kind of it, it was like one of those pathetic fights that you see, you know, where you see two people <laughs> going, "Come on then, yeah, yeah, come on then," and and nothing actually really happened. 
Um, still thought we were the better yeah. side. We said, come on then a little bit more menacingly than they did. Um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, I think um, it looks like a good point on paper because of results elsewhere, but it's a third draw mm. in three. And if you know we want to win the title and we could have um, six points more than we do now. So yeah, good, yeah. Good, good, good points and bad points, mate. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the the description of it being a tepid game, I think, is fair enough. Um, the the point that I think you made on Twitter about uh, the lad from Northampton kind of playing the victim a little bit more in the press with uh, the result of Harry's challenge is is a little bit galling because it's one of those where you go, well, he got sent off at the time. Everyone in the ground knew it was a red card. So why are you continuing to? to pull this off you know why are you continuing to, to try and fan the flames a little bit and there's been a couple of instances I mean one particularly recently of, of our local press trying to fan some flames as well um in in a manner that's not necessarily required I think there was an obvious article on Saturday morning that, that everyone everyone with half a football in brain and and sort of you know, was was buying into the whole let's get behind everybody today, looked at it and went, well, why have they done that? And that was obviously the piece about, you know, these are John Akindi's stats. Do they stack up? It's like, there's no need. Absolutely no need for that point, uh, for that post to go up. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I just thought it wasn't, it wasn't the most enjoyable game of football to watch. I think um, particularly in the last couple of minutes, I mean, you said you're not going to talk about the referee. I am. I thought he was absolutely fucking atrocious all game um as i say the only thing he managed to get right was to send it off how that how that incident in the last minute wasn't a penalty i do not know i mean he's got his he's got his arm above his head the ball's come in he slapped it away i i cannot believe for one second that anybody on the northampton bench wasn't sw- you know sighing a huge huge sigh of relief when the referee just gave a corner, which resulted in another incident that probably should have been a penalty. I mean, sorry, when he gave the throw, it, it was just incompetence is is a word that we've used before to describe officials in this league. Um, and I saw a photo doing the rounds of him in a Premier League referee shirt. I mean, if he's if he's refereed in the Premier League, then I, I don't know what the world's coming to because he was just atrocious, absolutely atrocious. But it was it was frustrating because last. You know, last week against County, we we sat there and we talked about a referee that wasn't particularly great for both sides and and ultimately didn't impact the uh, the result in the game. But I honestly think he did on Saturday. It was. I'm not saying for one second that we definitely, definitely would have scored that penalty had it been given. But the fact is, we you know the ground was nearly full. There was eight and a half or eight thousand Lincoln fans in the ground, and you just think, well, that. That must have played a part in in what was going on. That's why he didn't and, give it. That's why he didn't yeah. give it because he didn't. He, people have got other teams now are getting into referees and and sort of saying you know you come to Lincoln and you get you get swung and let's be honest, love Danny and Nicky's pieces, but their antics on the touchline can be unsavoury. And you know the, the only real difference between them and Steve Evans is about sixteen stone and a history of brown envelopes because. They can be just as aggressive on the touchline. They do berate everybody. And, you know, Keith Curl, he's a cunning one, isn't he? You know, oh, I had a plan. My plan was to do exactly what they do. I don't like doing it. Of course, you don't, Keith. You've been doing it for years, man. Um, hmm. But their plan was also, I think, to to get Danny and Nicky riled up. 
I think the plan was put some challenges in right in front of the dugout, get Danny and Nicky and the third or fourth officials here. Because once he's in their ear and the referee's already gone out with his preconception that they're going to do it, you, you don't get anything. We didn't get anything mm. in the second half. Um, I think there was no, for me, there was no penalty shout after the handball. Um, not going to discuss the handball. We know what we think it was. The referee's given his, his opinion. To be fair, at least he said, well, certainly he's got through to Radio Lincolnshire that he's, he's he's commented on what he thought was afterwards. At least he said it. Um, I've got to give him a bit of respect for that. I thought there was a blatant penalty on Kean Bolger. Um, he was held down in the area at one point. But that was the one after the handball, wasn't it? That's no, the one I was thinking no, was of. One in, um, there was one uh, in the middle in middle of the second half sometime. Um, oh, okay. I, he's climbed up on him and maybe Bolger stands tall and, and wins the ball, but he's kind of, he's crumpled to his knees. He's got pressure on his shoulder in the area. Could be a penalty. You look at Dwight Gale this week, Nottingham Forest West Brom, he's taken a tumble in the area, nice and theatrical, got a penalty. It happens. Well, I think the other week we said swings and roundabouts. And I think that we were actually saying we'd probably got a fair deal over the last couple of weeks um, in terms of players being taken out and penalties being given and that sort of thing. The red card for Grimsby springs to mind. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so we've, we've been on the end of it. At the end of the day, the truth is, even after the sending off, we weren't actually worthy of the win. We weren't. No, didn't come I, away. I didn't come away from that game thinking that's a game that we should have won because we dominated. I came away from that game thinking that's a game we should have won because it was a penalty at the end and the referee didn't give it. Um, but without yeah. the penalty at the end, Tom Pett's effort, 18 yards, keeper held it easily. Other than that, didn't really trouble a keeper, did we? Mm. Um, I just, I, I actually think there's a mentality at the moment for us to not go out and get beat rather than to go out and win games. I think that was definitely... Uh, I think it's probably fair to say that might have been the plan on Saturday after the um, after the sending off, um, for for sure. I think it was probably... Uh, it was one of those where we think, right, okay, let's let's try and keep it... You know, let's, let's keep it under wraps. Let's keep it steady and, and you know, ne- let's not lose this game. Um, and I think the the way in which they kind of tried to rearrange the shape it, it it it's obviously it's always difficult when you go back to, you know you go down to 10 but it's it, we've seen it in you know obviously sorry against swindon that when you go down to 10 and obviously when we went down to 9 there was a bit of like determination in the in in the players and everyone sort of right we're not going to lose this we're going to you know we're going to win this or we're, we're going to make sure that we take something from the game and i think it showed in a little bit on Saturday um the fact that like you say we were there were two teams that were sitting back waiting to for people to come and have a go at them and neither team really took the advantage of that throughout the whole of the second half really but uh... see I, I I've experienced a strange phenomenon this weekend because usually and I'm thinking here certainly the Mansfield game come away from the game feeling very despondent and let down and then kind of as, as time settles I think oh that was actually that was a good result or that was a good point and I actually came away from the Northampton game feeling really positive thinking Joe, you know what we've done ourselves proud there we've been robbed it's us against the world all that sort of thing and as the week's gone on I kind of thought actually I'm a little bit disappointed I'm a bit disappointed even with 10 men and I know this is probably a reflects on how well I believe that we can play but I actually thought we could have caused them a bit more problem with 10 men um I think uh, Bruno was obviously back on form. Let's focus on a positive. And I think if we got mm-hmm. on the ball a little bit more, um, things were going to happen. To be 
up until Harry being sent off, didn't actually think he'd had a brilliant game this week. Um, you know, but then he was taken out by David Buchanan, who he later took out in the middle of the first half, and I think it, it was a it was a Ron Atkinson reducer. And uh, mm. while Mr. Buchanan's putting pictures of his shin, which let's face it, looked awful. You know, he he, he got caught a good one. Um, yeah, but yeah, you don't see Harry on social media going, "Yeah, but he kicked me first. So I don't. Yeah, social media's got its uses, but for God's sake, man up, Buchanan. You're a professional footballer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I I just that that's where it kind of it gets to the the point. Like I said earlier, you know, the the, the decision's been made. He's been sent off. As far as I'm concerned, that's that should be the end of it. If it was one where you know he, the referee had waved play on and said there's no foul, like what happened with Lee Frecklington within the first thirty seconds, then you've probably got a a decent reason to to have a bit of a whinge. But to to kind of sit there and rub salt in the wounds is a bit. Uh, it, yeah, I mean, it wasn't very professional. It was just a bit, just a bit pointless, really. But. Um, Anyway, yeah, well, well, let's talk about some more positives from the game. Obviously, like you say, Bruno, uh, I, I think, you know, with, with him getting sent off earlier in the season uh, at, uh, at Swindon, it, he seems to have taken that in the best way possible. Um, Danny said that in press conferences and, and obviously on, uh, you know, on, on the radio as well. It seems like he's um come back from the suspension and gone you know what i've i've got a debt to repay here i think uh, i think i need to make sure that what i'm what i'm doing is is uh is making making good for the fans making good for the manager um and just really kind of uh, like you say he was on form he 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 looked dangerous every time he got the ball um i think they didn't know how to handle him at all uh with the the northampton back four and um it, it was it was a well taken goal as well. It was a, a decent knockdown from from Big John, um, and Bruno does what he does and connected with it in in a really nice way and and yeah put us one nil up. So it wasn't all well. There wasn't a lot of doom and gloom. I don't think from Saturday. I think uh, your piece on the blog about it, uh, where you said essentially you know this was where people started coming back to. To having almost a common enemy in the referee, and the echo. Um, yes, and the echo, of course. Um, to kind of sit there and go, look, well, you know, screw you, we're Lincoln City. This is this is who we are. This is what we do. Um, it, it seemed like people were starting to get back on side in general on Saturday, and it, uh, it it felt really nice to sort of come away from the bank, not moaning or not hearing people moaning about. Oh well, John Akindi's shit. Is that well? No, he's not. And not having to have that conversation was uh, was quite a refreshing change. Um, anything else you want to you sort of bring up on on Northampton, or are we gonna? Should we move on? No, I just want to say slightly disagree with the point you made there about Bruno Andrade. I don't think he had a debt to repay. Um, you know, people. It's not you specifically. I've heard a lot of people say that over the last couple of weeks. You know, all he owes is he got sent off in this game. It was petulant. No, I don't subscribe to that. I think players get sent off. It happens. Yeah, it was a little rush of the blood, a little rush of blood. But you know, I, we owed him quite a bit for everything that he did before that. So I, I don't, I don't subscribe to that. I don't think as a professional footballer he's come back in and thought I've got something to repay, even if he's said said as much in a press conference. They're just kind of friendly words. At the end of the day, players do get sent off, and I think um, I do just wonder if Bruno perhaps don't like the cold weather because he faded away in what November time. Now all of a sudden. We're getting lighter nights and warmer afternoons, and he's back on form. 
So. Yeah, I mean, I think the other thing, well, the other thing as well, was that he, he clearly wasn't fit um, for for a few games, uh, particularly looking at the you know the the, the Everton game. He, he obviously wasn't fit there. He was sort of hobbling um, towards the end of the first half, and he, he stuck it out for. Um, he didn't get substituted, did he, in the, the Everton game? Um, I can't remember if he came off or not, but he, he, he sort of stuck it out and made sure that he, you, you know, did what he needed to do. But when someone's firing on seventy percent fitness, I just think it was uh, it, it was it was obvious to me that he wasn't at his best, um, shall we say? But now take your points. Um, let's uh, let's have a look and uh, move on to the weekend. Stevenage, we're obviously welcoming back uh, a very very good, very loyal servant to the club in Paul Farman. And hopefully uh, he's going to maybe have a soft spot for us and let a few in. No, it's, it's never going to happen, is it? Um, I mean, your thoughts on uh, on the game on Saturday and, and where we think, how we think we're going to set up, how we think we're going to combat them. And, and more importantly, is Paul Farman going to have a blinder? Um, probably not. Uh, I quite like farming, but we have a reluctance to shoot from distance. Um, we ought to change that on Saturday afternoon because you know, for, he was a great servant to this club. I'm never going to be critical of Paul Farman, but he didn't like a long shot. Certainly not towards mm-hmm. the end of his Lincoln career. So if we can launch something from the halfway line, um, as per Sean McConville did, and it might loop over. And to be fair, he was actually uh, pilloried for that for, for the wrong reasons because that was an outstanding shot. Um, but I, those people will focus on the farming angle. He has got back in the Stevenage team, so um, best of luck to him. It'll be nice to see him. I've got a lot of time for Paul. Did a lot for us in the National League. But he's a Stevenage player now. Um, so on to Stevenage. Obviously, they're ninth in the table, four points outside the playoffs. Very inconsistent, though. Um, in their last 13 matches, they've lost seven and won five. So they're, they're kind of up and down. If you take out two of the take two of those wins, which were Yeovil and Morecambe teams in the bottom four, so in actual fact, that's that's kind of three wins in what eleven matches against teams that are in or around it. Um, mm. They have no real preference on playing home or away. Um, they lose key games at home. They win big games away. They're, they're just like this this basket case. I mean, obviously they beat MK Dons. Um, 3-2 just before we went there and won 1-0. You never quite know what you're going to get. Um, you do know you're going to get 4-4-2. You do know you're going to get yep. that quite rigidly. Uh, it's Dino Marmaria, who um, is a referee. Uh, is a, a referee? He's not. He's a manager. Um, he's a manager who's had a proper <laughs> referees himself this week. Uh, they had Ben Nugent and Elijah Adebayo sent off at the weekend. Dino Marmaria um, basically said that the referee was one at one forty-five in the dressing room because he said Tranmere went in and was straight in his ear already. He believes that the referee Eddie Ilderton was um, influenced. Is more or less what he said. Interesting mm. shout. Um, doesn't sound to me like he's going to be the sort of manager playing clever mind games. Um, not clever, actually. Keith Curl mind games, basic. So he's not going to just be dribbling without <laughs> waiting for Danny and Nicky to do something, but then he does it. Um, so, yeah, he's a, he's a decent manager. Look, they're quite direct. They're quite a big side. Um, they play, as I said, a 4-4-2 and up top. At the minute, it's been Alex Revel and Curtis Guthrie. Um, Revel, big, strong target man, all elbows. Um, we were rumoured to be interested in him. Can't say that for certain, but in, a, in an off-the-record chat with somebody at the football club, I was told that Alex Revel was one that they liked, but he couldn't be tempted to move up here um, due to his personal commitments. 
He's very much like Matt Reed, but he can run. Um, but he's all elbows, bit Jason Lee-ish, that sort of thing. Guthrie's former mm. England C international, hasn't scored an awful lot of goals for them, but he's quite nippy. Usually have Danny Newton up there, but Danny Newton's on a long-term injury. Um, of the red cards, Adebayo's not a massive loss. He's on loan from Fulham, I believe it is. He kind of comes on for Revel, so he, he's the player that probably, you know, he, he would be coming on as the big man. Ben Nugent's a big miss. Now, we know Ben Nugent because he was the one that was on trial for us and looked suspiciously like Sean Raggett and Rob Dickey in the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, big, languid-looking defender, liked to carry the ball out of the out of defence, good in the air, good on the deck, not going to play, so all irrelevant, really. Um, the three... I'm a bit annoyed about that, actually, because he, uh, he was the one person that I could actually talk a little bit more about other than Farms because I, uh, I was at that friendly and he, looked at, he actually looked really good. Um, he looked really solid, but now we know we're not playing up against him. It's uh, it's annoyed me a little bit, but there we go. Come on, pipe down, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate. Um, well, I can talk about their other centre-half, actually, Scott Cuthbert. Um, he's one I really like. Cuthbert was captain of Luton last season, and Luton basically made the decision that we've going up, he's not good enough. And uh, he, was, he was cast off to Stevenage and replaced by um, Sonny Bradley. Now... I like Cuthbert. He is a League Two defender. I liken him a little bit to um, Steve McNulty, but he's not a fat lad. Um, he's that kind of, do you know what I mean? That cumbersome. He gets the tackles in. He's a good organiser. Um, and, and having Nugent alongside him, that's actually quite a good pair. So it's going to be interesting to see the new dynamic there. And if you think for us, if we, like last season, we had Waterfall and let's say Rag at early doors. If one of them gets injured, you bring your reserve centre-half in. Yeah, that can be quite a big impact. So I don't think we should underestimate mm. them having Nugent suspended, even though we'll have Harry suspended. But let's face it, we've got wingers. We can shuffle things about. Um, so it, you know, that, that's quite impactful. And um, the final lad I wanted to talk about for them is Michael Timlin. Um, plays in the centre of the park, into his 30s now. Played lots and lots of games for South End in League 1 and League 2. Um, really good, competent um player and I think that uh, he's going to be one that they're going to look to get on the ball they do like to go direct um, but they also like to play through the thirds but in a direct manner if that makes sense so it's not necessarily Mm -hmm. going to land on Revel's head but they are quite like a battering ram Um, I liken them to one of those rams that people not uh, the police knock down drug dealers doors with they're going to kind of try and be a little bit like that they're going to get it to Revel and hope that he knocks the door down I'd just like to think that we've got a little bit too much in the locker for for this game to be anything other than three points. I'd like to I'd like to think you're right. Um, I just hope that it's going to be it's going to be what it should be on paper. Um, we obviously thought that on well, some people thought that on Saturday as well. Uh, I just think. Yeah, like you say, we know what Paul Farman's about, and I think if you if, if you can hit decent shots from distance, it's going to be uh, it'll be an interesting afternoon, and we know that we've got that in the locker because obviously we've seen Jason Shackle hit them from distance, we've seen Neil Erdley hit them from distance, we've seen Bruno hit them from distance, and of course Shea's wonder goal, which I think has won goal of the month for the Sky Sports poll that uh, that was up the other day. Um, we know it's there. We know it's the, the capabilities there. So I just hope that uh, that that results in some spectacular strikes, shall we say? Um, so I personally think we can see this one um, comfortable, maybe maybe two nil. And I don't think, from what I've seen of Stevenage 
through the season in terms of results, I don't think it's going to be a goal fest by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and I think, yeah, we'll, we should, in theory, make this one a comfortable one. So, um, anything more on Stevenage or shall we, we move on to some off-the-field stuff? Yeah, let's move on. Okie dokie. Um, first sort of off-the-field thing that we want to talk about uh the couple well the couple of people obviously got out on loan we talked last week about ls going over to chesterfield it looks like he made played the full 90 on saturday for chesterfield and they won so it's always a good start for him um but the other one that i think the announcement went slightly under the radar for some people uh was adebayo smith who's gone on loan to grantham i believe is it grantham yeah it is yeah yeah so i, I was trying to trying to put him ahead was it Grantham or Gainsborough there's too many G's um but yes went over to Grantham scored two goals in their 3-0 win in the week um the goals look he looked all right didn't he I think he, he looked like he was enjoying himself yeah I mean the announcement passed me by and I spend all my day looking at a computer for football news so um I'm a little bit disappointed I missed that actually uh, I'm also disappointed that <laughs> I missed the game last night because I might actually have gone uh, but it was hmm. South Shields they were playing decent side where they were in the FA Vars final, I think it was last year, wasn't it? And uh, um, they're Julian Archer, hmm. who was at Sunderland. I don't know if he's still with them or not, but uh, Bubs is a South Shields fan. That's from where, where Bubs was born. And we should have got him on mm-hmm. because he did go to the game and he did see Adebayo Smith. Um, obviously, we've all seen the goal now. I think the, the misconception with, with Jordan is that he's a centre-forward. and He's not, actually. Uh, he's a winger. He can play kind of the inside forward. He can play through the centre bit. He's, after I interviewed him a couple of weeks back for the programme, he's actually a winger, um, but he likes to cut inside. I mean, he did three people with one little shimmy, didn't he, last night? He's uh, he's an exciting boy. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that when he first signed for us, I think it was uh, Football Nigeria, because I think it's of Nigerian descent, basically said, mm. look, he signed for Lincoln, but he's soon going to be in the first team. And and it slipped under the radar then because obviously he signed for us as a youth team player and nobody really gave him much much thought. Um, I did manage to do an article on it that time, so I'm quite pleased with myself. Um, massive prospect, you know, good to, that he can get out and get some regular football, regular senior football, and we'll see how he, how he comes back. Yeah. Uh, he, he looks, I mean, I think he came on... Um, again, I think he came on in a couple of the pre-season games, if I'm not mistaken. But he looked he looked decent then. Um, he's he's certainly got he's got pace. He's got the certainly got the ability as well. So and I think he um, on in one. I'm, I'm definitely he only come on in one. I think he uh, he played the try he played the trial game against Derby, um, scored against Derby, and I think that was when Danny offered him a, a full deal. So we, we didn't see him against uh, Norwich or Sheffield Wednesday or anybody like that. That's yeah. That's I think I think that's one of one of the ones that I went to. Yeah. So it was. Um, he, he looks good. He, he looks like a decent player. And like you say, get the um, get the um, you know the regular football in that he needs. Um, and yeah, hopefully it'll build him up and, and get to the point where maybe. Well, I don't know. Will we see him in in League One on the first team next season? That'll be uh, an interesting one to follow. Let's also just mention Tim Akinola as well. He's out on loan at Lincoln United. Um, some mm-hmm. people have uh, I haven't actually seen Tim play I did, I've seen kind of clips of it um, but I've not seen him play a full 90 minutes but he gets described to me as a, an Angolo Kante type figure um, so that holding midfield area strong in the tackle um, I was told on his opening day opening game for Lincoln United he, he put a reducer in on a grown man after about five minutes from 
you know, a young kid going into that level of football could have got kicked all over the place. He's another one that could well be in with a shout of a first team appearance at some point. You know, all mm. I'd say is if we wrapped up the title with three games to go, I would expect all of these young players uh, to get a run out. There's um, there's the fullback as well. Either is it Bucci? Might be wrong. There's Elliot Sartorius. Um, yeah, there's, there's there's a few lads coming through. Happened all of a sudden as well, and it just people always mm. uh, people always talk about all these different uh, behind the scenes movements, coaches coming in and this youth person and that coming in, and you don't always see the um, the results of that on the pitch immediately. But if mm. you started at the very bottom of the club and worked your way up, speaking to everybody who works under nines, under tens, throughout the club, this club has changed dramatically over the past 18 months. And when we talk about yep. losing money, and then we may talk about that in a minute, when you talk about £1.2 million losses, um, you're not just talking about investment in the playing squad. You're talking about investment in the future as well. And these boys now, these are the living proof of it. This is what's coming through. This is what we've got to look forward to. So, Absolutely. Um, let's let's talk briefly about that. Um, the, the financials that came out, obviously, 1.2 million loss. I think the the obvious place to look at for that is is the training ground. That's not come cheap. Nope. Um, it's it's going to be one of those where you know we, we made a profit of 1.6 million, and then you expect you expect a lot of that money to to be reinvested. And hello, Charlie. Um, you expect a lot of that money to be reinvested, and uh, it has been. But obviously, that's not going to be at the same we're not going to be earning at the same level so it will it will count as a loss um and ultimately we've spent an awful lot of money on a very good facility um, just, uh, as well as just to correct you Ben the training ground won't be included in the accounts because it's capex oh is it oh right my bad sorry i i genuinely thought that was where a lot of it came right it's crap then that's it we're, we're fucked yeah, that's <laughs> it we we're, we're going under we're losing money no i mean let, let's be honest money comes in um and and you the club spend money in well we've seen the breakdown of the accounts as well um the the breakdown of the accounts kind of put the figure of about 800,000 on the playing budget on the, the you know the squad budget um i think you did a fair piece about that and you said right well who is this going to who is this going to be and where's the money gone and i i i, I can't get my head around people that are complaining because like we've said, there's two point six cash, two point six million cash in the bank or cash on hand, if you like. Um, so, who? I don't think there's too much of a problem if the money is being, you know, if we're losing it, we've still got quite a substantial sum behind it. As long as that sum's there, we're all right. I don't think there's personally. We've said this before. It's sustainable at the moment, and we're we're the playing um, the playing budget for January obviously came from. Uh, money that Danny's made them, or the, the the team have made themselves through prize money or sales of players or whatever. But I I personally don't see this as a worry. I know some people have, um, and I, I don't think there's anything that we need to to look at and start panicking just yet. Um, and I think you're kind of on the same page with that one. Yeah, I mean, let, you know, let's be clear: the eight hundred thousand was supposed transfer fees um, paid. In financial year seventeen eighteen, so paid up until June the first this year, 
from uh, June the 1st last year will include agents fees and it would include signing on fees as well. Um, it looked like there was a lot of other teams um, that, that did not spend any money whatsoever. That's because their accounts haven't been released yet um, or because of clever accounting whereby they hide certain payments in uh, certain other things. Some of the other expenditure is, as I've just mentioned, away from the field. You know, it's in the players of the future. It's in coaches. It's in staff. I think there was an increase up to something like 264 staff employed by the club altogether. That figure, more or less um, accurate. When you think about stewards and you think about coaches, you think about all the backroom staff, you think about the, the bar staff, all that sort of thing. Um, yeah, it's a pretty big employer, to be honest. You'd, you'd have to wonder how many other employers in Lincoln have got over 200 employees, um, which is impressive. The cash on hand, a lot of people are kind of saying, what does that mean then? We've lost this, but we've got this cash. And yeah, it might be cash in the bank. Let's not forget there's also the holding company as well, Mm. um, which I believe, and I, I don't know the intricacies of it, but I believe investors invest in the holding company and then the club draw money from the holding company, um, in, in some way. I, I don't understand the ins and outs, but put it this way. When we say we've lost 1.2 million pounds and, uh, or we've lost 20,000 pound a week and the year before we said we made 20,000 pound a week. And I made the analogy that it's, if you were given, if on you, you get paid 10 pound a week, I mean, you'd be poorly paid, but if you were paid 10 pound a week, uh, but you were given £5 a week bonus and you put that £5 a week bonus to one side for a year. The next year, you then spend that £5 a week on sweets and you're still only earning £10 a week. Nothing's actually changed. Your £10 a week has stayed consistent over two years, but you earn £5 more one year and you've spent that £5 the next year. So even though the next year you could say, you've been spending £5 a week that you haven't got. Mm. Technically, you have because you've got it from the year before. And that's, for me, that's where these losses come from. So it was bound to be expected. Yeah. You know, we're not on the bread line. We've got no external loans. Yeah. And that's crucial as well um, because the money that being, is being put into the club, you know, is solid investment. It, we, do you know what? You see, you hear losses. You see season ticket for Rory, which we're not going to talk nope. about. And people go, oh, this season ticket announcement's got to be because of the losses. Ah, oh, run for the hills. People like that genuinely in my opinion, needs sedating <laughs> for approximately a hundred years because <laughs> it's sickening. Yeah. Absolutely sickening. I mean, it's an easy link that. to draw, but then when you actually look at it, you think, yeah, okay, it's that's not the case. So, um, And if you don't think that, then listen, it's not the case. There you go. Now you don't. Bingo. <laughs> Absolutely. Stacey West podcast telling you what to think. Our opinion is final. Yours doesn't count. Remember. <laughs> wow. That's ironic, by the way. It's ironic, ladies and gentlemen. Ironic. Yes. I wonder how Wellington reserves are doing. Anyway. No, actually, I, I never think about it at all. <laughs> Fuck um, right, shall we move on? Yeah, we'll move on. Um, so last week we started the, the new quiz. Um, I think given... Uh, given a couple of chats that we've had during the week, we might strike my um, might strike my score from the record, depending on how it goes, because we've realised that the magnificent seven question is actually quite difficult to replicate in terms of uh, in terms of getting um, you know multiple multiple choice answers. I mean, we could do things like top scorers and seasons and stuff like that, but it's tricky. And you know, it was kind of a pilot last week, but we've done another one this week um so mine might be stricken from the record depending on how the rest go so do you want to introduce the um the quiz gary and then we'll uh we'll, we'll play it 
Yeah, I can introduce it. This is the either first or second uh, live Stacey West minute and a half uh, podcast quiz. Uh, I'm featuring this week a familiar face from the ground. Uh, so, Paul, welcome to the first ever Stacey West podcast quiz. Uh, just tell us uh, your name and a little bit about your imps supporting background. Yes. Uh, hello there, Gary. Uh, yeah, my, my name is Paul Stuybus. Uh I started supporting Lincoln City in 1960s. I think I'd be three or four, standing on a box to look over the wall, uh, taken there with my father. Uh, some of the older guys may know my father, Dave Stuybus. Both myself and my dad were stewards for a number of years. Uh, my dad has a long association with the football club through the... Uh, Supporters Association and things like that, but yeah, I mean, I've supported Lincoln City since uh, since my very very formative years. I was born and raised on Dixon Street, perhaps uh, just a, a Grant Brown hoof from the stadium. Right, well, let's crack on with the quiz. You volunteered to be our uh, our first guinea pig. You've got seven to beat from Ben. And Excellent. Selected a specific time because uh, a specific time period because I've prepared badly for the quiz and not allowed you to do so. Um, so you're going to have a minute and a half on the clock, um, and we we will time will start when I have finished asking the first question. Okay. Okie dokie. Yep. Uh, remember, you can pass if you pass. That's not a problem, but you won't come back to the question. Uh, am I allowed to uh, pass like Woodyard just to the side, or do I have to pass like? Uh, do I pass like Bozzy and just hoof it as far down pitch as I can do? No, pass, you only pass the one question. I'm not going to let you hoof it over them all. So, um, okay, okay. Are we ready? Here comes your first question. From which Thank you. club did Lincoln City sign current Wickham manager Gareth Ainsworth in 1995? Oh, I'm going to say Port Vale, but we sold him to Port Vale, didn't we? We did. Damn, no, pass. Which keeper did Imps fans help to buy from West Ham in the 1970s? Peter Grotia. Apart from Graham Taylor, which England manager spent time on loan at Lincoln in the 1986-87 season? Spent time on loan. Oh, uh, Lenny Lawrence. No, he wasn't an England manager. Southgate. No. What year was the Stacey West stand opened? Oh, it'd be after the fire. So, 19... About 1990, I think. Correct. I can't remember. Which referee sent off Billy Knott against Notts County? Oh, that's our friend Seb Stockridge. Correct. City got to the equivalent of the Football League trophy final in 1983, only lose to whom in the final at Sinselbank? Uh, was it Millwall? Correct. Who scored the very first goal of the historic cup run in 2016-17? Oh, God. Uh... Braggart with a header, wasn't it? It was Theo Robinson. Prior to Theo, who were the last top flight side Lincoln City beat in a major cup competition? Prior to Burnley, the last top flight. Your time's mm. up, but I'll let no, you know. No, Derby. Derby uh, County. Crystal no. Palace. Right, I've, so I've, done, I've, I've done hopeless, haven't I? I was rubbish. <laughs> From the top. Uh, which club did Lincoln sign Wickham, uh, Wickham manager Garen Ainsworth? That was Preston. Preston, yeah. He went to Port Weld, didn't he? He did, yeah. Did he go? Yeah. You were yeah. right with Grotier. Uh, Stephen Claren spent time on loan at Lincoln in 86-87. Did he? He did, yeah. Oh, Stephen, cool, yeah. Stephen, yeah. Yes, he, he famously held an umbrella. I don't think he managed England. He had an umbrella, didn't he? Yeah, he managed England, <laughs> but he didn't manage Lincoln, of course. Um, yeah. 
obviously, yep, Stacey West, you got that right. Seb Stockridge, you got that right. Millwall, you got that right. And the first goal of the FA Cup was Theo Robinson. So in total, Paul, uh, um, Crystal Palace, sorry, with the last team. Yeah, yeah, competition. yeah. So you scored four in a minute and a half. Oh, you see. So thank you very much. You are second at the moment. So that's one thing that you can tell people. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> but there has only been two people, haven't there? <laughs> Forget that, Paul. I'll edit that bit out for you. <laughs> Right, yeah. well, thank you very much, Paul, for that. Yep, so there we go. That uh, that was Paul. Um, he got four answers correct in a minute and a half. Uh, I think he dropped one or two there, though, Ben. I think he dropped one or two, to be honest. Would you uh, would you have known what year the Stacey West was built? No. Um, in short, no. Unless you're, unless you you're known, on the website. Would you, still known, who, would you have known who we bought Gareth Ainsworth from? Uh, oh, Christ, no. Okay, well, there we go then. Maybe I'm making these questions too hard. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, so, I mean, it's, um, as I say, it's kind of a sort of work in progress, uh, but we will have a leaderboard, and like we said, we'll we'll see if we can get something sorted out um, as a a little prize at the end of the season. So uh, is there anything else? don't know what happened there with my voice. Is there anything else that we want to talk about before we wrap up tonight, Gary? No, not that I can think of. Maybe we're missing something glaring, but um, I just, I, I just think we're into the business end of the season. I think when Michael O'Connor came in and said we've got to enjoy it, as I wrote, yeah. that, that kind of signals. Ah, right, okay. Now this is the time where we're actually specifically not going to enjoy it um, hmm. when we're being told that we have to. It's kind of like going to a relative's, isn't it? You know, go to the relative's house. It's like you know, smile, pretend to enjoy it, and you know that maybe. This is going to sound awful. You know, when they're dead and gone, you're going to look back on them and go, do you know what? Those were magical times spending with Nana and Auntie Mabel. But in actual fact, they're not magical times at all. You sit there in a room that smells slightly fusty, drinking bad tea and stale cakes. Um, But at the time, they're not great. But afterwards, you look back on them and you go, actually, they were great times. And if we go up, we're going to look back and go, actually, do you know what? Scraping a 1-0 win against Stevenage when there's seven minutes of injury time, the referee's hell-bent on giving a penalty. Well, what a blast that was. So. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, sit back, enjoy the ride, and uh, hope we continue to stay at the top of the table. Uh, just want to quickly mention, obviously, we are going live with the podcast after the fans forum, but we are recording it at 25 past six uh, as it currently stands. So um, we've not yet seen the uh, the fans forum, but uh, if there's anything interesting, I'm sure we'll potentially do an emergency pod or something like that to kind of tack it on to the end. Um, to be honest, ben, there won't be. There'll be a load of people there <laughs> looking to cause trouble, asking absolutely moronic questions. I mean, I went to one in the Legends Lounge and there was just a guy there like asking about the youth team. And when he didn't get the answer he wanted, he just rephrased the question again and again. And I was just, in the end, I left because the, these are, they're a PR exercise now. And yeah. usually they're a PR disaster for teams. Sheffield Wednesday's fans forum in December it was, was farcical. Grimsby's a couple of years ago was car crash. Grimsby's uh, was amazing. It was, it was terrible. You're not going to get, you know, Clive or Roger sat there in a sheepskin jacket and other directors basically telling fans to F off. It's not going to happen. You're going to get a load of standard answers um, because of what they're going to do. They're going to say to Danny, oh, what, why, do, why do you leave someone, why don't you leave someone up at corners? And you just think you get paid to deliver post, mate, or serve in the spa shop. Danny gets paid to manage a football club. How about you let him manage his football club and you go back to giving milk to Vera? Just... Yeah, that's, uh, 
awful, I know, but that's my view of a fans forum. No, that's fair enough. I mean, I'm I'm going along because um, it's it's something to do <laughs> on Wednesday evening. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm going along because it's something to do on a Wednesday evening. Um, that's that's related to the club, so I'm I'm not. Uh, gives us a chance to get out of the house, keeps me out of trouble, and all that noise. So um, anyway, yeah, that was. Uh, I think that's probably going to do us for the. Um, for the pod this week um as ever if you would be so kind i know gary you've donated tonight so thank you very much um for that if you if you do have a spare couple of minutes head to justgiving.com slash fundraising slash ngb game blast or one word at the end there um and chuck as a fiver we've got a bunch of gaming merchandise to to send out if uh, people help us out we're raising money for special effects who are a really good charity and i've just had an email through with a bunch more games to give away so we've got a further one two three four five six games to throw onto the pile so uh yeah it should be a, a really good weekend next saturday sunday and um, i'm aware i'm missing the morecambe game but i will hopefully be able to listen to it on the stream um anything you want to plug or shall we wrap it up there no, I'm just going to plug the same thing. Go along, support Ben's cause. Um, really, really good cause. If you read up in special effects, he was telling me about it off air. Absolutely fantastic. And the thing is, all those able-bodied people kind of, you know, we, we do this, we give to charity, it makes us feel good, all that sort of stuff. But what these people actually do is change lives. And one day, somebody listening to this might need their services or indeed any other charity that we will plug over time. And uh, doesn't hurt, does it? Doesn't hurt just to give a couple of quid. Just don't have a pint on Saturday and pint and chips yeah. and stick the money to charity. So I'm just plugging your stuff. Yeah, appreciate it. Mate. Um, I, I just want to say as well, thank you to uh, to Hammy Imp. I know Hammy listens and he uh, he passed me five on Saturday, which, you know, is, is going straight into the pot. And that's already in, in there and it's going to special effects uh, when it's done. I think tonight we've just hit 300 quid, which is fantastic. And I'm, I'm really chuffed. We're aiming to hit 1,000 pounds. Say again. I put you over three hundred quid. <laughs> there we go. You see. Um, so yeah, we're, we're hoping to to hit a thousand pounds because we've managed to do that in the past years. Unfortunately, this year, we, last year we had um, a page three model with us for the entire day, which was one of the most bizarre days of my life. Uh, but unfortunately, she's just moved house, and unfortunately, she can't make it this year. But she wanted to anyway. I'm, I'm going to stop talking about that now. I'm going to say up the imps, and hopefully, we come away with another three points on Saturday. See you later, guys. Bye-bye. See you later, guys. Bye bye. the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.